few years back, uh, there was a TV series uh, entitled Lost. Uh, it was one of those series kind of like happened in our house, and if Lost was on, shut up. <laughs> Don't talk. We're going to watch this. And we had family over one time, and I was like, I'm done! And I turned it off. We're not watching it with you. You don't understand? But it was, anybody watch Lost? We looked. But there was a character in that series who was named John Locke. And he had a saying that he always said that Carrie and I always look at her sometimes and say it because we'll say you can't do that. John Locke would always say, don't tell me what I can't do. And people were always telling him what he couldn't do. It happened when he was in a wheelchair. It happened when he got out of the wheelchair. People would always tell him, you can't do that. You can't do the things that you are trying to do. There are always people to, to tell him no. Today, we begin our third week in our series on Daniel, staying faithful in unfaithful work. So far, we've looked at Daniel's faithfulness in refusing to, to, eat the, to eat the rich foods that Nebuchadnezzar put in front of him. We've also looked at how God works through Daniel to interpret the king's dreams and ultimately bring glory to God. Well, this week we're going to turn our attention to the other Jews brought with Daniel to Babylon, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, or as we come to know them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Our story in our text this week focuses on these three guys rather than Daniel. What happens is Nebuchadnezzar has created a giant golden statue. And he set it up in the plain of Dura. He has decided that everyone is going to worship his statue. And there's a huge ceremony out there in the plain for the golden statue. And everyone's there. The princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, everyone who's anybody, as well as the common people, they are there. And they stand before the image, and the herald would cry out, When you hear the sound of music, he has a long list of stuff. You will fall down and worship the image, and whoever does not fall down will be cast into the fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar set up a new law which said if you don't bow down to the graven image, you'll die that death. For most people, the choice was a simple one. Fiery furnace, bow down. I'm going to bow down. I don't want to go in the fiery furnace. Nobody wanted to get Nebuchadnezzar angry. And nobody wanted to be burned alive in the furnace. For Daniel's friends, the choice was harder. There was this faithfulness to God or death. This was the choice they were handed. It wasn't, it wasn't a choice of keep your life or lose it. It was, are we going to be faithful or are we going to die? That was the choice. And of course, the Jewish children choose to stand up for God. And that's where our text picks up. There in verse 8 of chapter 3 in Daniel. And it says, Some Chaldeans took this occasion to come forward and maliciously accuse the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. You as king have issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, drum, and every kind of music must fall down and worship the gold statue. Whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. There are some Jews you appointed to manage the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men have ignored you, 
the king. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Then in a furious rage, Nebuchadnezzar gave orders to bring in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar asked them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is it true that you don't serve my gods or worship the gold statue I have set up? Now if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, drum, and every kind of music, fall down and worship the statue I have made. But if you don't worship it, you will immediately be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. And who is the God who can rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer to the question. If the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire. And he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. But even if he does not rescue us, we want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with rage and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He gave orders to heat the furnace seven times more than was customary. And he commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the furnace of blazing fire. So these men in their trousers, robes, head coverings, and other clothes were tied up and thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. And since the king's command was so urgent and the furnace extremely hot, the raging flames killed those men who carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the furnace of blazing fire. Then King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in alarm. He said to his advisors, Didn't we throw three men bound into the fire? Yes, of course, Your Majesty, they replied to the king. And he exclaimed, Look! I see four men not tied walking around in the fire, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the door of the furnace of blazing fire and called, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, come out! So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and when the satraps, prefects, governors, and the king's advisors gathered around, they saw that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men. Not a hair of their heads was singed. Their robes were unaffected, and there was no smell of fire on them. Nebuchadnezzar exclaimed, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel and rescued his servants who trusted in him. They violated the king's command and risked their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore I issue a decree that anyone of any people, nation, or language who says anything offensive against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be torn limb from limb, and his house will be made a garbage dump. For there is no other God who was able to deliver like this. Then the king rewarded Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now. And we thank you. We praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time. Father, use it for your glory. Father, use me as the best one. The words that I speak be yours and yours alone. Father, we thank you and praise you. We ask all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus, and for His sake, and all God's people said. Amen. What a story. It's hard to even want to keep talking to read that. It's like, woo! Man! But when you look at these boys, and they were boys, and the most powerful man in the world, and they had to choose, am I going to be faithful to God? 
or am I going to die? That, that's not really a choice most of us have to make today in America. There are people around the world who have to make that choice still today. But here most of the time we don't. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in that spot and they chose to stand for God. They chose to not bow down. They weren't going to say anything. They weren't going to do anything. And when we see them do this, we find that when you take a stand for God, someone will stand against you. It's going to happen. Anytime you stand for God, someone is going to stand against you. They're going to stand in front of you and say, you can't do that. Like John Law in Law, someone's going to say, you can't do that. It's not right for you to do that. When you stand for God, someone in this world is going to tell you that is something you cannot or should not do. All these men did was stay faithful to God. That's all they did. They didn't do anything else. They didn't try to assassinate Nebuchadnezzar. They didn't try to, to, to make a rebellion in, in the empire. They didn't do anything except for stay faithful to their God and say, I'm not going to bow down. They chose to be faithful, although it could mean certain death. And others didn't like this. Others who couldn't stand up to the king didn't like this. And they seized the opportunity to attack. When you stand for God, people will attack. It's a given. It's a fact. If you are living a comfortable Christian life, if no one's ever coming against you, if being a God, child of God is always easy, you might not be taking a stand. That's hard. That's hard for me because I like it to be comfortable. I like my chair. I like to be able to kick back. But Jesus said over and over again in Scripture that that's not what a, a world would be for us. He told the disciples in Mark 13, 13, all men will hate you because of me. But he who stands to the end will be saved. In Matthew chapter 7, it says, Enter through the narrow gate. For narrow is the gate, and hard is the path that leads to righteousness, and, and few will find it. If you find yourself moving in the same direction as everyone else, you might want to see what road you're on. We're not supposed to look like everyone. Jesus is clear that the public as a whole will not be following him. The public as a whole is going to be the opposite. They're going to hate him and his followers because of him. Taking a stand for God means going against the grain. We need to think, if the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, who saw physical manifestations of his glory, could not all remain faithful, then we cannot let the belief of a Christian nation lull us into complacency in our walk. Israel's coming out of Egypt in the Exodus. God's leading them by a cloud in the day and a pillar of fire at night. They're watching Him give them quail and manna and water from rocks. And these people can't stay faithful to God. We cannot allow us thinking, oh well, we live in America, we're a Christian nation. We can't allow that to lull us into complacency in our walk. Because if everyone's going in one direction... I'm looking for the offering. I'm looking for a different way to go. Because you need to make sure where you're going. And it's not going to be popular. People are going to come against you when you stand for God. Because when you stand for God, someone's going to stand against you. Just like they did with the boys in that moment. 
you have to decide who you will be and how much you're going to trust God. Last thing, last week we saw that bad things will happen to followers of God. This week we see bad things happen to followers of God, right? If you don't bow down, if you don't bow down, we're going to throw you into the furnace. And we're going to make your house a garbage heap. We're going to wipe you out. Not only will you not be remembered, not only will you die, you're not going to be remembered. Your name will be blotted out. Who you are will no longer be remembered. That's what it says. That's the choice they had to make. Nebuchadnezzar says, Now, boys, I like you. You've always been good. You've done a good job. Is it true what I'm hearing? Is the rumor true? Do you really not worship my gods? Do you really refuse to bow down? So I'm going to give you a chance. When you hear the music, bow down, and it'll all be okay. But if you don't, what God can save you from my power? You know, God never promised He would keep you out of fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, Well, King, we don't need to give you an answer. If the God we serve actually exists, He can save us. But if He doesn't, we're still not going to serve your gods. We're still not going to bow down. Still not going to do it. God never promised He's going to keep you out of fire. Notice their attitudes. They never expected not to face the wrath of Nebuchadnezzar. They never expected that they were just going to get out of it. I think we have a tendency in our world to think, if I just stand up for God, I won't have to go through the bad stuff. They didn't think that. They said, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not going to do it. We're not going to bow down. God will save us. But if He doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. They never thought they were, that Nebuchadnezzar was going to go, guys, I really respect that. I respect that. Thank you for standing up to me. This was Nebuchadnezzar. He was the king. He was the most powerful man in the world and he knew it. What God can save you from my power. They never expected to not face the fire. They knew by following God they would be liable for the punishment set out for the king, by the king. And for their faith, faithfulness, they were going to die a horrible death. God didn't promise He was going to keep them out of the fire. Our God can deliver us, but if He doesn't, if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. Same thing for us. Sometimes we believe that following God should exempt us from the bad things in life. We think that because we're a Christian, we have certain rights. We have certain protections. The problem is, we're generally, when we say that, misreading and misquoting Scripture. Because Scripture doesn't promise that. God promises an abundant life. But that's about internal blessings and enjoyment of life that doesn't come naturally. Mark chapter 8 tells us if anyone would crack me, he must deny himself and take up his cross. Christianity is not the cakewalk we have made it out to be in our contemporary world. 
I said over and over again, if we put what Jesus really said to us out there on the on, on a sign somewhere, people wouldn't come to church. He said, come and die. That's what Jesus says. Take up your cross. Put the old man to death. Accept my gift. Come and die. Put who you were to bed. It's a world-changing faith relationship with Jesus that's not going to be popular with the masses. The masses are going to look and say, why are you being that way? He calls us to be set apart and different and even to follow the laws of the land. Now, applause here, right? The law of the land was if you don't do this, you're going into fire. If you break it, you're going to pay the price. Talked about it a little bit last week, right? Smuggling Bibles, witnessing in Muslim countries. They're great things to do. And they're callings for many. But they're dangerous. In America, we've come to count on our government to get those people out of those situations. But God did not promise we would not face the fire. But He did promise one thing. God promised He would walk with us through the fire. He didn't say you don't have to go through the bad stuff. He didn't say life's going to be a cakewalk. He didn't say, don't worry about what's going to happen. He said, those things are going to happen, but when they happen, I'm going to be with you. When they happen, I'm going to walk with you. The three boys said from the beginning, our God is able to deliver us. If He exists at all, He can do it. If He can do it, if He's there, He can do it. That's the God. That's the God that has the power, King. Our God can do it. And when they're thrown into the furnace, and it talks about what they were wearing, trousers, robes, head coverings, other clothes, and the ropes that found them. When they're thrown in, the fire was so hot that it killed the men who threw them in. Think about that. Not only did they survive the fall, they survived the fire that killed the men who got too close to the opening. And then they got up and walked around. The, the, only, the only thing that burnt on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the ropes. The only thing that burnt. The ropes are gone. They, they, they're taken away. But then suddenly, there are four people walking around. There are four. God hadn't spared them from the fire, but He was walking with them in it. You know, sometimes times get tough. We face trials. And sometimes they seem overwhelming. But the promise of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is the same promise we have today. No matter the trial we find ourselves in, God walks with us. It's hard. To go through the bad things of life. They're there. There's no way around it. Bad things are going to happen. Jesus promised it. God, God promised it when the world fell. He said, well, now the land's not going to give you what you need. Boy, we went through that this year. Right? The land's not going to give you what you need. It's going to hurt when you have kids. There's going to be a little bit of tension within your relationships. All these things are broken now. You're going to have problems. God said that way back in the beginning. Jesus said people are going to hate you because of me. All of these things are going to happen. But when we go through these hard times, when these things happen, we don't put comfort in never having trials. We put comfort in a God who does not leave us alone in those trials. He's there. He's walking with us. 
I remember somebody asked one day in a room that I was in, we were talking about 9-11. And somebody was really struggling. And they said, how can you believe in God and watch that? Where was God that day? And I'll never forget the words of the person who had lost somebody that day. They said, he was in the stairwell of Tower 1 with the lady who couldn't get down, holding her hand until her last breath. God's there. He walks with us through those times. He doesn't leave us. In all the trials of my life, when I go through those times, the one comfort that I have had is that God is with me. God sent us a comforter to live inside us and to guide us into all truth. When He sent the apostles to change the world, He promised them that He would be with them always. Paul put it like this. As he was sitting in prison looking to go into his death, he said, I, I'm content. I am content in all situations because I have Christ within me. In fact, the secret he gives for being content in all situations is this. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The verse really has nothing to do with sports or the things we want to achieve. The verse says that even when times are bad, I can survive because Jesus is in me. And he walks with me. Even when things go like I don't want them to go, Jesus is there. I remember distinctly the morning that I got the call that my mom was gone. I sat down and I cried for a minute. And then I felt that presence, that whisper. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm walking with you. You're not alone. You don't have to worry. You're not alone. And suddenly, things were different. By the time I made the three-hour drive from my house to hers, I had the entire funeral planned. I had set up the speaker. I had set up the music. I had contacted the funeral home. I had gotten everything done I needed to get done because the Spirit had washed over me. Maybe today... There's a fiery furnace in your life. Maybe you are struggling with a trial that you don't know how to face. The God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego has a message for you today. God may not keep you from going through it, but He'll walk with you in it. He'll sit with you in it. He'll take care of you. He'll let you. The thing about it is, the only way to hold on to that promise is by knowing Jesus. 
Without Jesus, we walk alone. I've often said I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. I don't have enough faith that, that there's nothing out there. I can't walk through this life thinking that I'm by myself. Maybe this morning you're struggling. Maybe, maybe you were looking at a choice and you have to make a choice and it's I'm either going to be faithful and I'm going to do what I need to do or the bad things are going to happen. God will walk with you. It's a message we it's a message that brings hope, but also makes us kill. Right? God, I really don't want to go through it, God. I would rather you not make me walk through the fiery furnace. I would rather you just say, you know what, there's a swimming pool over here. It's 80 degrees, take a swim. But that's not what God does. God walks with us through the good and the bad. Sometimes there may be a swimming pool, but most of the time it's going to be the other thing. And we're crying out to Him. And it's okay to cry out to Him. Because He's there. And He'll walk with you. And He'll guide you. And He'll give you the strength. No matter how hard it seems, He can bring you through. Maybe this morning, you've got some other need. Something that's just been weighing on you. And you need to let it go. Now's the time. Maybe you want to pray. The altar's open. I'll pray with you. Maybe you want to turn to missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church of membership. Maybe this morning. Maybe you've never known Jesus. Maybe you've never taken a step to say, I want to know Him. I'm going to give my life to Him. Because I want to know that I never walk alone. I want to know that, that He is with me. Now's the time. We will walk the aisle. It's hard to really try. I want to know Jesus, and we'll pray, and we'll go from there. But wherever you're at, whatever you need, give it to Him. Would you pray with me, Father God? We come to you right now. And we thank you. We praise you for your blessings.